Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. Well, welcome to another edition of Face to Face. We have a returning guest on the show here with us today. We have uh, writer, director, producer, uh, creator, artist, uh, novelist. Uh, Anne Shin is here with us today. She's She's been on the show several times before and always such a pleasure to have her on as it was uh, this time around for, I think, interview, oh, I don't know, 500 and I'm going to guess 558. We talk a lot about her new film, Artificial Immortality, which is uh, having its world premiere at Hot Docs, but uh, more importantly, it's opening night. Deepak Chopra is going to be there. We talk about Deepak in the in the interview because he makes an appearance in the film, and you're going to want to see why. It's really interesting uh, in, in, in Anne's new film. This idea of artificial intelligence is really the theme, but I think really what the theme of the film is, at least from my perspective, is you know the driven by the question, what does it mean? Uh, to be human. So, so we talk about, uh, well, we talk about my favorite movie of all time, Blade Runner and, and 2001 Space Odyssey, The Matrix comes up. We talk about this idea of simulation and about lived experience and how the two actually uh, kind of meet and what is, what does artificial intelligence really mean and what's augmented reality. And we got into things about um, conversations about memories and what does it actually mean as I said earlier, to be human and, and how, how, how are we actually driven to interact with others? Can robots actually mimic this? Can they recreate it? How uh, can we use artificial uh, intelligence in the future in a responsible, important and meaningful way? So we talk about science fiction versus science fact and uh, travels kind of the globe to talk with experts and uh, in artificial intelligence uh, who are, some are advocates 
and activists almost, and some who who are kind of pushing back against it. And so we talk about how uh, humans are prone to confabulation. That's a a, a quote from uh, one of the experts that Anne interviews uh, in the film. We we head to the Church of Perpetual Life. You're going to want to check that out as well. So I, I'm hoping I've uh, piqued your interest. And also uh, we talk uh, at the beginning of the interview about Anne's new novel, The Last Exiles. You're going to want to uh, look into that as well. But for sure. Uh, Stay tuned for an engaging, fascinating, fun interview with Ann Shin, uh, Director of Artificial Immortality Hot Docs, um, happening April 29th in the not-so-distant future. Uh, you'll be able to see the film for the 12 days. And uh, my understanding is the film's going to do a bit of a festival run and then I'm sure is going to be on demand somewhere uh, online. So um, stay tuned. And uh, don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about uh, my writing, my speaking, the work I'm doing uh, as a facilitator and uh, through live events now. It's it's growing and it's kind of exciting. Please, if you're enjoying what we're doing here on Face to Face, leave us a review uh, on iTunes. I'd greatly appreciate that. Sign up for the newsletter on face2facelive.ca and share widely. You know, a little bit of uh, uh, digital uh, noise uh, goes a long way. But please do leave us a review on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you can. Uh, we would certainly appreciate that. Uh, and yeah, uh, coming right up, um, Ann Shin uh, talking about her um, important, uh, interesting and, and, and fun uh, uh, new film. I learned so much uh, and had such a great time. Her new film, Artificial Immortality, coming right up. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We are joined by uh, a special guest, but a returning special guest, a very special guest who's uh, been on the show several times before, I think. And Anne Shin is, is here with us today to talk about her new film uh, premiering at the Hot Docs uh, uh, Film Festival, Artificial Immortality. Anne, thank you for, for, for joining us today. Oh, it's great to be talking to you again, David. Thanks for yes. having me on. So, so, so you're not calling in from anywhere sort of exotic, are you? It's, it's, it's. No, it's, from my living room in Toronto. Room in <laughs> yeah. Toronto yeah. Where I spend a lot of my time these I, days, I, as do yeah. many of us in lockdown. Yeah. No, no kidding. How, I mean, other than, you know, publishing a new book and finishing a new film, what, what have you been doing in your spare time? Yeah. Those things took a long time, years and years, and it's coming out at the same month. So that's wild. Yeah. I've got, um, this book that's related to a doc, it's The Last Exiles. Yeah. Yeah, the, def the Defector. This is a, a few years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so why don't you tell us a little bit about the book before we step into the film? Oh, thanks. It's it's about the it's about a young North Korean couple and their epic journey to freedom. So it encapsulates all the conversations I've had with North Korean defectors and a bit of my own family history. And um it's it's I guess a, a story that tells like the sacrifices that are, you know, made for the sake of freedom and even mm. survival. And it's, it's just a testament to the resilience of love and humans in general. So, you know, if you guys want to curl up with a book, check it out. So a love, a love story, uh, escaping from uh, one, uh, thing and stepping into freedom of a, a whole other kind. Yeah. They, yeah. the escape from North Korea, like is something that a lot of people attempt these have been attempting, sure, and, sure. you know, a lot of them end up in hiding in China or in other countries as they look for a safe, safe asylum. So this book follows a couple as they, uh, end up like in the underground in China, encountering snakeheads and other 
you know, gang leaders as they try to find their way to safety. And there's issues like, you know, the human trafficking that arise right. and other, you know, other human rights issues that are woven into their story. Um, but it's really about Suja, who is a, a young woman from the North Korean upper class. A lot of people don't realize there's an upper class in, in North Korea. Mm-hmm. And Jin, who's from a rural part of, uh, right. of Korea. And uh, so it shows both sides of North Korea today. And it's, I'm hoping, a, re- a universal story about, you know, mm-hmm. the, the price of freedom, but also like the rewards of resilience and yeah it's great it's beautiful what a beautiful uh uh, it sounds like a beautiful story and i i would imagine the the relationship itself creates some some grief as well within the context and the 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 confines of north korea becoming coming from two pretty yeah ends of the spectrum right from a class perspective yeah fascinating and you know what it's really interesting i think segue into the film as well and by the way congratulations on the film and on the on the book i can't wait to get a copy of the book any um any free copies coming my way and by any chance yes i can get you one (laughs) yes i'll sign it it's just wondering you know let's meet for a walk there you go i like that that sounds like a great idea so, but I find it really interesting, and I had the pleasure of interviewing Werner Herzog uh, this year uh, for 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 his new film, and he, I'm pretty sure, has has said somewhere along the line, as a documentarian, he's not that concerned about whether or not what he's shooting or what he's representing on film is true, in the sense of it being, you know, factual, I guess. And we don't want to wax too po- uh, poetic or philosophical here, perhaps for most of our listeners. But I do find it interesting that a documentarian, you know, uh, uh, someone who's a journalist who wants to tell the true story, you know, writing this piece of fiction, right? Can you talk a little bit about that as we move our way into artificial immortality? By the way, I love that film as well. Uh-huh. So, Great. yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, I think that um, when like what fiction does really well is get at universal truths. And that's what I wanted to try and do with this book, which, I mean, with um, the documentary, we follow actual stories and, you know, people can can resonate with the characters in the documentary. But this book, it's a much more deeper uh, kind of personal story and can shape the, the journey to kind of reflect the message of what I'm hoping people will take away from the book. And yeah. it's, it's, a, it's an alchemy of my own experiences. You know, I've come from Korean immigrant parents and they left Korea when uh, it was still struggling, when North and South Korea were st- still struggling. A lot of people don't realize that North and South were actually one country until the Korean War and they got divided. And so a lot of the heartbreak involved in that division of that country and often many families, including mine for some years, um, is, is some of the thing that's encapsulated in this book here. Yeah, it's amazing. I love the universal, universal truths comment. And, and I mean, let's be honest, I would imagine more people are reading fiction than watching documentary film, right? So, I don't know. I mean, you know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe they're, they're both as popular. But I wonder, I mean, you're, it's a whole other audience, right? Yes, yeah. The whole other audience. Yeah. And I wonder too. It's, to it's a storytelling impulse, I think, you know. Yeah, so, it's good. Yeah. I love that. That's a great phrase. I love your phrase, alchemy of experience, too. Well, tell me about that experience. So, how did that get you into uh, 
becoming the keeper of the family memories, uh, right. as you yeah. say at the opening of Artificial Immortality. And why don't actually, before you answer the question, why don't you tell us a little bit about the film without giving away too much? By the way, folks, you can see the film April 29th, Hot Docs Online. Uh, get your tickets uh, yeah. as soon as you can. Um, yeah, yeah We're tell excited us little... about this premiere. Um, yeah, cool. It's it's the film Artificial Immortality explores the latest in AI and biotech. Some visionaries believe that we can transfer our consciousness to the machine, to machines, to AI and to artificial intelligence, and um, in effect, live forever. Some believe one day we'll actually be able to live forever. And the film looks at all the ways in which uh, science and technology is there. I mean, it's not pointing to some future of some sci- science fiction future. It's science fact. This is happening right now. Mm, mm. Humans and machines are merging. And um, it's fascinating and startling to see some of the things that uh, that I've witnessed in the making of the doc. But uh, also, it's it raises some concerns about where we're actually headed. I feel like we're all kind of in this fancy new car, and we're looking at the dashboard and all the gadgets, and we're dazzled by it. But we're not. Our eyes aren't on the road. We don't even see the horizon. Where are we headed with this technology? That's some of the things that I wanted to point to in this film. So I have a couple. I have a. I have an eleven-year-old car, which you know I'm not saying as a, a, a statement of pride. I'm just a, an observation. I have gadgets in that car that I still don't know how to use. So just to extend your analogy, and just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clear. Well, I'm with you. I'm like a luddite at heart. So I came to this thinking like. Because my father was developing dementia, and I was really mm. questioning, you know, what uh, what happens to a person? Like, what is it, in a sense, what, what what in essence is you? If you lose your memories, if you lose whole chunks of you, what is you? Uh, and can that part of you be replica- replicable? And, you know, a transhumanist friend of mine was the one that said yes. And that's got what set me on this journey here. Um exploring all the latest in the biotech. Yeah, it's really it's really fascinating. I and 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 one of my favorite films, I've got the poster framed uh, in our basement Blade Runner. Uh, I just was thrilled to see the 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 scene with Rutger Hauer and 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 of course Deckard uh, uh Harrison Ford's character, one of the most beautiful transcendent moments for me yeah. in in film yeah. history. Yeah. Coming from a robot. I, know. I mean, what a beautiful sort of poetic place to potentially be at and i love that moment yeah oh. he's like you know all these moments lost in time like tears in rain yeah Red yeah Howard, you know yeah, yeah. How, about, how about a robot a robot saying i've seen things you people wouldn't believe yes. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it's like I know, i'm a robot but you know what i understand mystery i understand wonder Right. It goes, and, 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 and I'm going to I'm just going to do a little shout out. You've got such a beautiful ending to the film and you talk about these fragile moments. Aren't they those things that 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 uh, Rucker Howard's character sees those yes. things that you people wouldn't believe? Right. All around all around us. The what what what, what so many people are uh, uh, would even philosophers would refer to as the average in the everyday. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, I, mean, I love Blade Runner as well. Uh, and uh, it's, it's one of the things that happens in that film where the replicants, the AI androids really covet human life or being known as human. They want to be, they want to be human. And it's really kind of surreal and interesting to observe how 
we are busily manufacturing these AI androids right now. Like they're, they're AI clones that are out there, 2D as well as 3D. And after this year of the pandemic, when all of us have spent most of our social lives online, like we're so used to interacting in the digital realm and playing our lives out in the digital realm that the demand and the interest in these AI clones and these AI versions of ourselves is, is really high. And it's, 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 I think one of the things I, I investigate is not only like how, how, what makes up an AI clone? How do their minds work compared to how human minds work? How far apart are we here? And also, though, the AI technology that's being developed, who has the data, like who owns the rights to that data? Now we're talking about power. Yeah. And also um, the ramifications, like who is who are the power brokers developing AI to what ends? Ben Gertzel, who is a preeminent thinker in AI, and he was the founder of SingularityNet. Um, also, like with he was with Hanson Robotics, who issued Sophia, who is that AI robot who got citizenship in Saudi Arabia. Well, Ben Gertzel says, you know, most of AI right now is, is developed for killing, spying or selling. And wouldn't it be great, though, we're at this point in time where we can affect that, where we can change it so that it's put towards beneficial uses for humanity rather than just those three aims. C- c- companionship, for instance? Yeah, there's a lot of that being mm-hmm. developed as well. And do you do you really believe that um, what, what's the line uh, that Gabriel said that 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 uh, memories or no, that the soul? I mean, of course, you got to presuppose a soul, but is the soul data? Yeah. So <laughs> the soul's data. Yeah, some tra- some some transhumanists will maintain that the soul is data. It's quantifiable, it's observable, and replicable. And um, talking with Hossein Ranama, who's an MIT and Ryerson professor, and also he's the one who constructed a my own clone as I experimented, <laughs> and just, wild yeah, just to that. understand this this technology, it was wild. But he was saying how, when you think about it, the things that we think of as being ineffably human, like intuition, is actually quantifiable, he said. So if intuition stems from years of our life experience, so there's all that data, that life experience, and there's our predilections, our personalities, our leanings. And if that all becomes what feeds into an intuitive observation or a snap judgment, he says that sort of thing is replicable, replicable. So it was interesting for me to, you know, consider that. But then, you know, Deepak Chopra, who I also, you know, sat down with and who's who's got a digital clone of himself Which too. Is, I got to say that was one of the most surreal moments for me in the film yeah. Were, yeah. were those those Deepak moments. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he and others will say there's a real difference here between information and knowledge, right? There's data and information, but there's knowledge, the way we're integrated. We integrate that information in our brains. And, you know, a a neuroscientist I spoke with, Valiente, Dr. Taufik Valiente was saying, like, we're humans have embodied cognition. Our knowledge is embodied. And what I learned is that, like, every time you and I have a memory, it's not like we're retrieving a file and just playing it again. It's like, you know, we're not going into a hard drive and getting that file. We are 
reconnecting the synapses to create that memory again. Each time we remember something, we're recreating it. So it's a creative process that's part of, you know, it's an embodied process. I think it's uh, uh, so many places I want to go with this, but I mean, it's beautiful too. And uh, sorry to come, I'm come, not going to apologize. Coming back to Blade Runner here, there's that beautiful scene with the, with the photos, I believe, and Rachel's playing the piano. Yes. And Deckard says something about they're just, it's just, you know, they, they put this data in your, they're not your memories. Yes. This, you know, this idea that what it, what it really means to be human is to have the ability to dig back, not into those files, but into those moments in time, mm-hmm. <laughs> that'll be lost like tears in the rain. Yes. Right. So it's just, yeah, it's beautiful. And I, I think there's, there's a real, hmm. I mean, talk about opportunity with AI, but mm-hmm. the danger sort of lurks, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, what does the Dr. Valente say? He says that we're, we're prone to confabulation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. I mean, that's very human and you know, that's not what, you know, AI does when it's re- you know, retrieving data, but our, our tendencies to confabulate or to have predilections or biases are built into how we are shaping AI. And that's a concern because, you know, the way the, the processing power of AI just exponentially amplifies whatever biases we program into it. And that's, so what, does that, you know, what does that, what does that do? Fairhoven asks the question in RoboCop, what does it do for policing? Right? right? Yeah. You have an unbiased police officer then. If you've got a robot, if you have AI tech, are we going to be worrying about the discrimination? Another case, uh, have you, I don't know if you've seen, but this morning on CBC homepage, uh, a new report coming out about discrimination again, you know, mm-hmm. at 900 pages in. Yeah. So, so the implications are, 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 are pretty, pretty significant. Yeah. It's not just policing. It's, you know, whether you qualify for an insurance policy or a loan or whether you get chosen for this job or not. I mean, Westworld explores it too in season three where, you know, the main character, one of the, the fellow, he's, he's, there is a, an AI kind of supercomputer, an artificial general intelligent computer that has, you know, seen his psychological kind of predilections and his past behavior and projected that he's going to commit suicide. And so this fellow can't get any jobs because that, that data is part of what employers have. And so these are some scenarios that um, are really worth pondering and considering in addition, you know, how are we going to employ this AI? Who are the power brokers, governments and companies that are developing AI? Before I develop before I developed a love for, for film and storytelling uh, at a pretty young age, my brother, interestingly and ironically, took me to see 2001 at the old Eglinton. Oh. I would have to go back. I bet I was wow. 12, yes. 12 or 15, way, yeah. kind of way too young for, yes. for the film. Yeah. But, and, you, and you have it in the film. I mean, open the pod bay doors, Hal. I yes. mean, it's probably one of the most fascinating moments and then the response i mean incredibly creepy it really stuck with me as a kid and clearly the experience of the film and all the places that it went and so on and that in itself is a conversation you know could 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 a robot experience a kubrick film in the same way that a human does i mean that's an interesting kind of a kind of a question that is but yeah i mean you 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 bring up a great moment where it's it really speaks to the heart of what we fear <clears throat> about yes. AI, which yeah, is, I, yeah. can it go rogue, right? Because <laughs> right. in that scene, that supercomputer, Hal, is not letting the astronaut back in 
to the spaceship. He's gonna, he wants him to die because the human is starting to jeopardize the mission that the AI computer was programmed for. So these are, these are you know, unforeseen circumstances that, you know, that could arise. And that's... So, so as you, you know, you're in the editing room, the film's coming to a close. You probably had some deadlines with, with Hot Docs Looming. By the way, world premiere, right? Yes, it's the world and premiere. World premiere and, and you're opening the festival as well. Yeah. 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 And Deepak Chopra will be there for the panel discussion as well as digital Deepak. <laughs> oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. That's really great. Um, do you come away hopeful? Are you optimistic about tech? Or would you say you're more of a critic now than you were before you stepped? Like, you know, it was funny as the credits were rolling on the film, I kind of wondered, okay, so is the title a question or is it kind of a sarcastic tongue in cheek, like statement on your, on your part, <laughs> you know, like yeah. artificial immortality, <laughs> are you kidding me? You know, or, or, or is it more of a, a hopeful, optimistic place that you're at? I think I'm, I end up at a hopeful, optimistic place, and I'll explain why. But the title is more about the allure of AI. Mm. I think AI has always had this kind of allure that people just want to whole, wholesale just support or get into or are intrigued by. But there are many things to be concerned about, some of which we've already talked about. Another thing is just the sheer carbon footprint of AI. We all think mm. about computing happening in the cloud somewhere, but the clouds really are supercomputer like silos and buildings and warehouses full of these supercomputers that have to process all this data. And that takes up a lot of energy. Um, of course. So, um, yeah, every time I, you, every time you search on Google, you're using energy. Yeah. So yeah. the film raises some of these concerns, but in the end, I'm, I'm also really kind of heartened by some of the more decentralized and, I guess, democratic approaches to AI that are started up by people like Ben Goetzel, who started that network for AI developers, SingularityNet. It's an open source kind of community. And Hossein Ranama, who's from Flybits, and he's developing this kind of decentralized interface for just users to have AI um, avatars and ways to interact. And their data is encrypted, and it's not owned by the computer by the company. So there are new ways to think about how our data is protected and how we can assume our own ownership and, and, and do what we wish with it. Moments before our interview and someday um, my kids and their kids will laugh at this comment I'm about to make, but I just, you know, I had a, a text from some bot, I guess, saying that my card, my credit card had been compromised and it was, and it spelled a word wrong. Ah. <laughs> and so you go, okay, probably not real, yeah. but maybe. Yeah. And so I, so I just laughed, I deleted it and I blocked the number and I kind of went, isn't it interesting? I mean, this is a little bit of that, the privacy, the power, all about sales, you know, how do we protect ourselves in a world where, uh, uh, where machines are running it. I mean, isn't that the question of the matrix, frankly, you know, uh, you must've been thinking about the matrix while you were making this film quite a bit. Oh, I was thinking about the black mirror matrix, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. upload. We spoke with yeah. some of the writers from upload, Greg oh, Daniels series. Yeah. And then have you heard of um, any chance you've heard of the French philosopher Jean Baudrillard? Oh yes. Yes. Simulacra. Yeah. Simulac yes. I, yes. I read simulations in 92 and I kind of went, what did I just read? Like, this is madness. Yeah. And then I went back to it 
several years later and just started to see this notion of hyperreality. And I mean, that really plays out in the matrix and in many other, other ways too. Um, I just, I love, I can hear Morpheus saying something about my residual self right now. I can hear that, <laughs> yeah. I can hear that yeah. in the background. Well, it's good to hear that you're hopeful. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled about that because you must have done quite a deep dive. I loved your facial expression too, by the way, when, when Deepak, I think, started to talk to you, you, you asked the question, how is Deepak different or digital Deepak different from Siri? And I thought your facial expression there was hilarious. Yes. And yeah. my thought was could a robot recreate that? You know, yes. Oh, you, right. you know what I mean? Just yeah. the, 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 and I think, was it, was it Dr. Valente who talks about that? Uh, the, 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 that embodiment, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe eventually they can. I mean, uh, uh, you bring, you bring Japan into it as well. And this, mm-hmm. this, this fascination between the ancient and the futuristic mm-hmm. and, and some of that tech you show in the film, man, it's kind of scary how, yeah how real it is. Yeah. I think most of the scientists are see AI as an accessory to human intelligence, something that we can work see, with. That's great. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. helpful to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even that being said, you know, I still, the Luddite side of me is, you know, questioning like exactly how this is deployed and, you know, who develops and who has access to it. Um, and I, I think, you know, it, it was really interesting talking to Deepak Chopra because he and I meditated for a while too. And um, I just wondered why would a guru who's like known for how to be present and, you know, leading people in that way, why would he have an AI clone of himself? And I guess, you know, having worked, having seen digital Deepak and talked with him and he actually, the, the digital version guided me through meditation too. I could see how it could help me. And even in Japan, there is a, a priest, a, a, a robot priest who gives a sermon with a message that's 2,500 years old. And basically it's just another form of communicating the message. And that's what I found profound with the Japanese uh, people that I spoke with, the uh, roboticist as well as the priest, uh, the monk, I guess, uh, the Buddhist monk, where they talk about how everything has a soul, you know, that the chair has a soul, you and I have a soul, but the, the robot has a soul as well. And it's, it's a, you know, a Japanese way of viewing the world. But um, it makes you appreciate how in some way you can be touched and moved by AI systems already today. So now, now, you know, I, I went for a walk, uh, with Elizabeth and uh, dog walk in the evening after watching your film. And we had a, we had a pretty good chat about what, what are we going to leave, you know, and I'm in the middle of revisiting my will and, uh, writing a letter to my kids and, you know, just sort of reflecting on some of that stuff. Now that you have, uh, a, a, a digital and shin, are you going to be, I don't know, like, why not just make a video, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. why not just record a video and say, Hey guys, yeah. I want to tell you some stories, read you a poem that I wrote and I love you dearly and don't ever forget it. <laughs> you because know I mean? times are changing, you know, you, you know, yeah. 150 years ago, people would have been like, why not just write a letter? Well, because <laughs> you can do a video and That's now right. there are AI avatars yeah. and clones that can be developed. And so it's, I guess in that way, it's definitely just another way of, um, you know, representing ourselves and the young uns, the Gen Zers, like the Gen Zers, they're, they're 
it's it's nothing to them really. It's just like the water in an ocean. They're it's all around them. Totally. Hey, tell me a little bit about vanity. Where does vanity play into all this? Like the church, is it the church of the perpetual self? Per- church of perpetual life. Per- right, which might yes. even be worse. But anyway, um, and it's in, is it in Las Vegas? It's in, um, it's in Hollywood, Florida. Hollywood, Florida. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. For some reason, I, I do remember you do go to Vegas, but. Yeah, uh, yeah I do. Um, for, yeah. So, so is this really about, I don't know. Yeah. It just, I, I don't want to leave this place. You know, I, I, I want to stick around and here's how I'm going to do that. This is, this is legacy. Mm-hmm. This is my ego saying David Peck is bigger than this. I can survive. Right. Is it, it I mean, there must be a, an element. Of- oh, I think so. I think there is quite a bit. I mean, uh, it, like Richard Branson has an AI avatar, like people, and it's been, you know, Longevity and the idea of immortality has been something that has captivated uh, a, a certain certain part of Silicon Valley, like all the tech kind of millionaires and billionaires who have most of life's like there's no other problem that they really have to solve in life except for the problem of death. And so, right. yeah, <laughs> so their attention has been turned to it. And it's interesting to know how, you know, over a hundred years ago religion was the answer to the problem of death, but now people are looking to technology for those same answers. There was, didn't you have somebody, is it Ben uh, Gertzel who says that technology is better than, better than most religions so far or something along those lines? Yeah. He was saying that if you think about it, um, the development of AI and also the development of religions are perhaps motivated by the same impulse. Like we're, interested in creation we're and with AI we're creating ourselves but the impulse is also to like overcome death in some way right or to understand or you know to solve the problem of death but that he says if you think about all the religious wars of the past and what religions have done in society he believes that technology might be a better solution I don't know. You know, there's, there's a lot of risks and dangers to technology too. And he, he talks about it, including Nick Bostrom, the author of Superintelligence. He talks about those dangers as well. Um, Elon Musk has talked about those dangers. We've, we're all highly aware of that. I guess wondering, you know, and listen, we're probably coming close to the end of this talk and I could, I could chat with you for the rest of the day on this. I'm not sure we'd get a lot of uh, digital traction online with a nine hour podcast interview though. And I'm not sure that would go too far, but listen, so many places to go with this, this, the notion of death and so on. But if the people, if, if those who are creating these robots, this AI have the, whatever the propensity to, you know, the emotions, the, 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 the lack of control, uh, the inability to reason. I mean, all these things that we fail at, I mean, humans are wonderful and beautiful and, mm-hmm. and everything about us is so good and beautiful and true. And yet we've done so much damage to yes. each other and yes. to the planet. And, yeah. you know, well, you don't have to look too back, too far back in history, right. In the past hundred years mm-hmm. uh, or less, you know, so, yeah, I just wonder about that. If we, uh, but maybe AI becomes so smart, it 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 reprograms itself or something. AI iterates on itself. I mean, there's yeah, a moment yeah, in the yeah. film where where I we sh- we listen to Facebook chatbots speaking to one another That's right. in their yeah. own coded language. So they took the human language that they learned and they took it to a place like 
the developers had no idea that was going to happen and they couldn't understand what was going on, but they maximized the language for their task, which was to negotiate in Facebook marketplace. So that's just an example of AI in the form of chatbots taking things to a place that we hadn't foreseen, but, you know, with much more powerful AI systems, they, they are iterating upon themselves in ways that the developers do not understand. Yeah. Do they just become ultimately versions of the worst types of, uh, you know, ourselves <laughs> ultimately? Yeah, that's, 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 that's what we have to really be, you know, be cautious of. Yeah. How do you, really how do you program? The, yeah. Yeah. Put how do you program stuff. not to be dysfunctional? Right. Yeah. 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 How do you program an AI robot to love and only love <laughs> at the risk of sounding a little bit corny? Hey, so, so just as we wrap up, so do you prefer uh, uh, making films or, or, or writing uh, uh, fiction? Can, can you, can you, can you scale them in any way? Um, I guess I, I started out as a writer, you know, as a kid, I was writing, my first poem was published when I was nine in the, in the Langley advance, uh, and, oh, and newspaper, awesome. yeah, in, wow. in the small town. That's pretty cool. And it, so it's, you still it's, have a copy of that? Uh, I don't, I don't. Yeah. Oh, come on. It's not framed somewhere in your office or something. No, I should, uh, <laughs> should try and find it. You should try um, and track it. That's cool. Yeah. But uh, so that's my first impulse, but documentaries are, um, just a wonderful way to, really explore, uh, you know, what's happening in the world right now and to be involved. And so it's, it's a different muscle and a different impulse, a slightly different impulse. Yeah, I would imagine. Well, that's a nice uh, way to segue into uh, the last exiles is available now, right? Uh, yes. uh, Amazon yeah. chapters, different places. Yeah. On all small bookstores as well. Yeah. And congrats on that. And honestly, Anne, I think I've said this before, and maybe that's why we continue to find ourselves uh, together on face to face, but uh, I could do a part two on this tomorrow morning. I mean, there's just so much here in this film and I loved it. It's thoughtful. It's fun. It's, it kind of scares the heck out of you as well. Um, and it's really quite funny. In, <laughs> in parts. And, and it's really, really beautiful how you, I think how you, um, how you really, you just brought the universal right into your family. Oh, I think right. that was a great, a great choice. And I was so glad to see your dad. And what a beautiful way too, how you end the film with those fragile moments, but also through music. Right. Yeah. And for me, it just raised another big question, you know, is this ever going to be possible to get here? Yeah. 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 The final scene with my father. Oh, thanks. It's just one example of just, you know, what it all boils down to. And, um, well, what does it really mean to be human, Anne? Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 What a beautiful. Yeah. Go, go ahead. No, sorry. Go on. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, we, like I said, worth the price of admission. You got to get tickets uh, as soon as you can. Uh, yeah. Not- it'll be it'll be viewable from April 29th for the duration of Hot Docs, which I think is 12 days long. Fantastic. But uh, on the opening night, there'll be a Q&A and I'll be there. Deepak Exciting. Chopra and, and- others. Yeah. Are you hoping to do a festival tour or is it going to go, uh, have you got a yes, deal yet? Uh, there, it's been submitted to other festivals and right. um, there is another announcement coming soon. No, that's excellent. I'll tell oh, you cool. about it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> fantastic. Well, listen, what a pleasure having you uh, on today. We've been talking with Anne Sheehan. Get a copy of her book, The Last Exiles. It's just out, Artificial Immortality's opening uh, hot docs. Uh, 
world premiere. You've got to see this film for for so many reasons. And thanks for having uh, uh, for for joining me today on Face Today. It was great talking. It was a pleasure having you here. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.